Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Jody Vanson for Mike Smith on a very, very snowy day. In fact, a snow day for many in terms of schools, universities, elementary schools, high schools, all of them. Be careful out there. If you don't have to go out, don't go out. I mean, even our Global BC Legislative Bureau Chief, Keith Baldry, is snowed in. Hi, Keith. Yeah, I am snowed in in beautiful <laughs> Victoria. We usually don't get a lot of snow over here, but today's an exception. It is an exception. Well, I'm glad that we have you anyway. Thank goodness for technology. Let's get into it because uh, we have a lot to sort of dig through data-wise. And our let's begin with the steadily rising positivity rate here in BC. Yeah, so we're getting, uh, people are wondering, why are we getting you know, 3,700 cases, 4,000 cases, uh, 3,500 cases? Our positivity rate, that's the, that's the, uh, the, the rate of positive tests percentage-wise, has been going up for... Oh, for dramatically for two weeks now. We went from about 5% literally to a rolling seven-day average of um, almost 25% almost overnight. So that's why the numbers are just escalating. And that's Omicron. Omicron is so infectious, so transmissible. We're not alone. This is the same situation in other, pretty well every other jurisdiction across the world. Uh, Omicron, you know, we were trucking along at 5% of the cases coming back positive in many places in the world. Now it's 25, 30%, 35%. Our number keeps going up. It goes back, goes down every couple of days. It goes down a bit, but inevitably it goes back up. So we'll see what the number is today. You know, um, we're, we're maxing out at 21,000 tests a day. We can't, we don't have the capacity to do more than that. So if we get to, to 30%, 40% of the cases uh, coming back positive, you can see the numbers just starting to escalate. The good news is, though, um, even though we're seeing a, a, a significant increase in hospitalizations, not only here, but, you know, Ontario, dramatic increase in, in hospitalizations there, the severity of illness isn't matching the incre- increase in hospitalizations, uh, it, whether it's New York City, Toronto, or Vancouver. You don't see the same number of people going into ICU that we did back in the beginning of the pandemic when you remember those stories so long ago, uh, people coming in gasping for breath, for, for yeah. air, the emergency hospital set up in Central Park in New York City. Um, Panic. Intensive yeah. care wards completely overwhelmed. That's not happening in B.C., good. Uh, and that's, that's good news. But people are showing up in the hospital now uh, with symptoms uh, and either just out of an abundance of caution or not. Uh, the hospitalization numbers are going to, well, 40 people a day are showing up in BC hospitals with uh, COVID-19 symptoms that are being admitted. The good news, about 20 people a day are being discharged. So the number, uh, the increase isn't really matching what we saw at the beginning. So it's not that tsunami of people who then need extended care. All those stories that we heard about people who are going in and and then getting intubated and might have been there for two, three, four months Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and overwhelming that the the system in that way. But let's talk about the ICUs. You know, I see you on social media. You see me out there. The people that want to come at um, journalists for reporting the data that is very clear. The science is very, very clear on how, yes, people who are vaccinated can test positive for COVID-19, 
uh, for Omicron or Delta, whatever uh, variant that might be floating around. But in the intensive care units in BC hospitals, indisputably, the number of uh, the percentage of people in ICU are unvaccinated. unvaccinated. And yeah, and so it ranges from 80, any given day, anywhere from 85% of the people in ICU are unvaccinated to 65%. Uh, the numbers drop down a little bit on a percentage basis. But yes, there's 83 people in ICU, 50 people had yet to get a single dose of vaccine who were in ICU. Uh, again, the good news is the Omicron is not causing nearly the severity of illness that Delta did uh, and Delta goodness. continues to do, which is which is yeah. great news. But look, folks, if you're not vaccinated, you're running a real risk of going into the ICU and potentially being intubated and put on artificial breathing devices. Uh, I dug out yesterday, Jody, in BC, 369,000 people, a little more than 369,000 people have yet to get a single dose of vaccine. So that's an, that's an alarmingly, you know, on a percentage basis, it's not a huge number, but on a, on a gross number, 370,000 people are risking themselves of getting the worst outcome of getting COVID-19. And it's not so much about infecting others. It's infecting yourself. I mean, do it for yourself. Get it, get vaccinated. 370,000. And these are people over the age of 12. This doesn't even include kids age five to 11. These are people over the age of 12. The good news in, in mining all that data, Jody, what this will strike people is remarkable. The single age group in terms of a five-year uh, cohort, the, the best uh, vaccinated cohort out there of any age group, and, and this would be shock people at the beginning, nobody saw this coming, are people, kids, literally, young people between the ages of 18 and 24 are almost 100% vaccinated. There's, only, you know, any other, any other five-year age group is about 50 to 60 to 70,000 people unvaccinated, whether you're 50 to 55, 30 to 35, um, you know, 40 to 45, it's about, you know, 60,000 people in that group are not vaccinated. In, kid, in people age 18 to 24, 1,700 people are unvaccinated. Uh, wow. So again, the kids are all right, high. eh, Keith? They get no, it. Kidding. Nobody get saw it. that coming. Yeah, they get it. No. They, that group no. gets it. They, they've gone out en masse and almost 100% vaccination rate, which is staggering when you compare to the 30-year-olds, the 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds, and 60-year-olds who still... Uh, thousands of people in those age cohorts have yet to be vaccinated, and those are the people showing up in ICU. Yeah, putting themselves and their loved ones who might be immunocompromised or not be able to get vaccinated at risk. That's the piece of this that is just astounding. Like, why wouldn't you? Proven, safe, billions and billions of doses administered. And and we're so lucky to have these, and people still staunchly, you know, heels dug in, not going to do it, only putting themselves at a many times risk of serious illness. Very serious illness. And again, we talked before about the long haulers. There are people, look at at Brandon Sutter, the Vancouver Canuck player, young guy, perfect shape, incredible shape. He is yet to to take the ice to the ice uh, this season. Uh, He's been on the shelf for months because he got COVID and he's a long hauler. I mean, this is someone... And his career is in jeopardy. So, you know, the other concern is parents are holding their kids back age 5 to 11 through some un- because they're unsure about the vaccine or they're hesitant. I don't think they're anti-vax, but we're still only at about 45% of the kids age 5 to 11 who are yet to be vaccinated or who have been vaccinated. And we're trying to get through as many of those people as possible. And that's one reason we are holding a town hall on uh, Monday, next Monday, 7 to, 10, 7 to 8. It'll be on BC1 and on CKNW right here. 
yeah. uh, with Dr. Bonnie Henry and Health Minister Adrian Nixon. One of the issues they want to tackle is why are parents so hesitant about getting their kids vaccinated? There are, as you say, millions and billions of kids vaccinated with healthy outcomes, and we got to get yeah. those numbers up in BC. Jody Vance in for Mike, and we are taking your calls for Baldry's Beat. Anything you want to ask Keith Baldry, here's your opportunity. 604-280-9898. Star 9898 is a free call on your cell. We start with Debbie in Coquitlam. Welcome, Debbie. Hi there. Um, I'm just getting over COVID, and there's a growing number of us that are with this Omicron. I was just wondering if they could find out how long should we wait before we get our booster shot. I've looked on the Internet, and I'm getting all different answers. Yeah, and there are a lot of different answers out there, Debbie. Uh, you know, different uh, public health officers seem to have different answers. D- Dr. Henry was asked this actually this week, and she, her advice is: if you if you qualify, if it's six months since your second dose, once your symptoms subside for a couple of days after you've had the COVID nineteen, if you're eligible to get your booster, go get your booster. Others have suggested waiting as long as a month uh, to get your your booster dose after you're, you've had COVID nineteen. But again. Uh, you're right. When you go out there and start researching, the answers are all over the place. But Dr. Henry's advice this week was once your symptoms subside and you're eligible uh, with 183 days after your your second dose, uh, book your appointment for your for your booster. That is a very, very often asked question, Debbie. Thank you for bringing it back to the table because people do need to hear the definitive from a, a health official that they trust and they're comfortable with. And and that's part of this. If you just go uh, on the Google, <laughs> you can get some very differing opinions on that. And yeah. certainly what I, what I heard from Dr. Henry that I think is also very important, don't rest on what you think is natural immunity from having had uh, COVID-19 uh, because that does oh, not... Um, uh, Omicron reinfects uh, people all the time. So, no, you don't right. have natural immunity just because you've had COVID. Uh, Omicron can strike again. Very important to note that. 604-280-9898. Star 9898 is a free call for Keith Baldry. Jason in Kelowna. Welcome, Jason. Hi. Um, thanks for taking me. No problem. Um, yeah, so I'm going to be waiting... I'll, I'll tell you why I'm going to be waiting to vaccinate my daughters. Well, one's turning five soon. Um, I'm looking at the data from the BC, or the Canada CDC. I think there's been about 450,000 children have uh, had contracted the, the virus under the age of 10, I believe that was. Out of that, might have been under the age of 20. Out of that, there have been... Um, I think it was about 4,000, so less than one in a 1,000 are, are being hospitalized. There's uh, less than one in 100,000 have been, um, have, uh, have died, which is a terrible number. But at the same time, one in 20,000 are, are getting things like myocarditis. Uh, there's been issues with... Uh, well, from from the vaccine, there's been issues with uh, with with other reproductive uh, uh, issues. Not not in the. Got to debunk that one, that. Jason. That is that no. is not no, true. We no, checked that. No, We've checked okay, that. Look, Sorry. Look, no. No. Hold on a second, Jason. Look, one second. One look, second. You got to hold 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 the phone. I don't want to. Do not turn down his microphone. Turn Jason back on. I'm working remotely, but Jason, you have to respectfully have dialogue here, Keith. 
you're going to have an opportunity to address some of the things that Jason has said here, and then we'll come back to you, Jason. Okay. Stand by, be respectful. Keith, you're up. Well, yeah. So you can call the statistics you want there. Go beyond Canada, go to the real world data. There are millions of kids who have been vaccinated with between the age of five and 11 who had the, the myocarditis that you cite is infinitesimally small number. Very, very small. Uh, the, the negative outcomes for kids getting vaccinated are infinitesimally small. Uh, the reason you want your kids vaccinated, you're quite right, Jason, there's relatively fewer kids in hospital or certainly who have died uh, from COVID-19, but they can infect other people. And so these are, you know, they're moving uh, Petri dishes. If you're a small kid unvaccinated, you can get the, the virus. You might not, that kid may not get that ill. But they can they can infect so many more people uh, who potentially are in a, in a compromised health situation, whether it's their parents, their grandparents, their uncles or aunts or neighbors. They can transmit the disease at a very accelerated pace in their own community. So, again, when it comes to five and 11 year olds, it's not so much protecting them from hospitalization. It's protecting everyone they come near from hospitalization or ICU cases. That's the reason we want to get as many people vaccinated as possible. We want to achieve herd immunity. The virus is going to be here um, for a long time. And we, as many people as possible to build up their immune systems uh, with uh, eventually two doses of kids between the age of 5 and 11, if we can achieve 90 95%, there literally is fewer places for this virus to live. And that's the goal. That's the whole goal of all vaccination programs. And that's why we want to get kids vaccinated between 5 and 11. The, again, the negative outcomes are infinitesimally small on a percentage basis. It does happen just like any other age group or other vaccine uh, situations where there can be some, some the occasional, very occasional negative reaction. But the, the positives vastly outweigh the negatives in this situation. Yeah, I, I agree with all you just said there. Um, now, your, your negatives that you're citing um, are, are the known negatives of, of over the last six, eight months. Um, we don't know have long-term research done, and that's my main point, is, is until there's been longer-term studies and, and being able to know the long-term effects, and, and I agree, most of the long-term effects from COVID are going to be just as bad or worse than the, the vaccination. So um, likely vaccination is much better. But uh, the likelihood of, I mean, the coronavirus has been around here for two years. Um, we haven't either, we haven't got it or we've been asymptomatic if we have had it. Um, so now you're asking me I hate to, to cut you off. We're, we're, up, we're up against the clock here, Jason. I, you know what? I appreciate the respectful discussion had between you and Keith. I thank you for hanging on the line. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry we couldn't get to more Appreciate people. It. Our buzz lines, our buzz lines are open six zero four three three one buzz. If you want to call in with your take on this, and Keith, as always, appreciate the dialogue, and we'll meet back here tomorrow uh, for Baldry's Beat at ten. Hopefully, I won't be snowed in tomorrow. I don't think I will. I think it's melting. Hopefully, <laughs> no. I think it's going to be raining there. We'll keep you up to date on that.